Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And as I record this, there are 11 more days till Christmas. So according to the song 12 Days of Christmas, this is the day that I get two French hens, right? <laughs> so I don't know what French hen, I'm like, is that what the French hen sounds like? Is it baguettes? <laughs> and that is probably the absolute worst French accent you will ever hear in American history. But thank you so much for being willing to stick with me through this to be able to, to hear this. But again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. If you're listening on our website, just want to let you know that we can also be found wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. So I want to encourage you, whatever app it is that you use, to go ahead and follow us there, subscribe to us. That way, when we post new things, you'll be one of the first ones to receive the new podcast that we do. And again, I, I do want to ask you to do me a favor. If you could just, I guess if you can give me a review of the podcast, what is it that I'm doing well? What is it that I can do better? Because again, my, my goal is to make this the best podcast that it can be. So if there are suggestions that you have, I would love to hear them. So again, what you could do is you can email us at EncounterSouthBay at gmail.com, or you can feel free to give us a call at the church, 310-323-2115. Well, it's finally here, and that's the vaccine. I think the question of the day is simply this. Will you take the vaccine? Of course, for those who are hesitant with it, they're hesitant because of the speed they're hesitant because, you know, we have, we've had AIDS for years. There's no vaccine for that. We've had cancer. There's no vaccine for that. So what makes us think we can come up with the, with the vaccine for COVID? But on the other side of that, you know, I saw an argument the other day that it's because of the, of the technology. The technologies that we have now are far greater than what we had years ago when we designed other vaccines to, pick, to take care of illnesses and sicknesses back in those days. So with that in mind, I, I don't know, will, will you take it? Will you take it? Me, I, I'm personally leaning towards yes for myself, for my family. That's where, that's where I'm leaning. But again, it's just, it's just one of those things that's, that's really interesting. And of course, this conversation will continue on. But the most important thing is hopefully we can get it out. Hopefully we can begin to move forward. We can get back to health. We can get back to some sense of normalcy. Although I've been saying since COVID started, we're never going to go back to what we were. And maybe in some ways it's a good thing. Maybe it's good that we don't go back to the hectic schedules that we once had. Remember how crazy our schedules were? Maybe it might be a good thing to not go back to that. Maybe it might be a good thing to hold on to 
the dinners that we had together as a family and the time that we were able to spend together as a family. I mean, there, there are some things that may be good for us to hold on to, but there are other things I think also it might be good for us to go back to, such as classrooms, <laughs> right? Education, getting our kids back into the classrooms and for that to get back to some sense of normalcy for them. So this represents the possibility of that. It'll be interesting to see how the question is raised for people that are anti-vaxxers who refuse to give the kids vaccinations. Will that be required for them to be able to get back into school? That's the question of the day. But again, I think the most important thing is for us to step back and just make sure that we're praying. Let's pray for our community. Let's pray for our neighborhoods. Let's pray for our country as a whole. Let's pray for those who are in the medical profession. And I do want to challenge you with this. If you know someone who is in the medical profession, make it a point to say thank you. Maybe even something bigger than that. Maybe buy them dinner. Maybe give them a gift. But just something to say, there are no words that we can begin to formulate the level of gratitude that we must have as a nation for those who are in the medical profession. They risk their lives. They risk the relationship with their families. Because I heard of you know, doctors and nurses who would come home who weren't able to interact with their husbands or with their wives or with their children because they're trying to protect their family. We, we can't even begin to really figure out the level of sacrifice that those who are in the medical profession, that they have made for us. So the least that we can do is just give them a big fat thank you, a big fat level of appreciation. And if you're listening to this and you're in the medical profession, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And again, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's not enough to just say that. It's not enough to say thank you. And I wish there was something more that as a nation, we could do for you. As a community, we could do for you. As a neighborhood, we could do for you. As your neighbors, we could do for you. And even if we could, it still doesn't come close to what it is that you've done for us. See, I think what we can see in them is a personification of Jesus Christ. Someone who came into this world who sacrificed his life for the good of others so that they can be whole and healed and renewed. That's what those in the medical profession have done for us. So again, like I said, let's, let's make it a point to say thank you. Well, right now we're in the middle of a Christmas series called The Gift of Hope. Last week was the first week of the series. And here's what we said last week is we said Christmas awakens the possibility of what could be. It awakens the possibility of what could be. And if you didn't get a chance, I, I want to encourage you, go back and watch our live stream from last week. Listen to the podcast from last week. It, it really does give you a complete picture of what it is we talked about. I like to look at our podcasts and messages 
together as a whole to give you one complete thought of what we really wanted to look at for, for the week. But last Sunday we had Pastor Stan preach. And Stan, I just want to thank you so much, you know, for that and for that encouraging message. He talked about Joseph. Joseph being Jesus' stepdad. One of the questions that I like to ask is, where is the love for Joseph? <laughs> where is the love for Joseph? I mean, we have songs like, Mary, did you know? We have songs like that. And I was going to sing Ave Maria, but I just, just know. Just can know. <laughs> but we can go back through, and, and I guess we can look at the Christmas music. We have songs that are dedicated to, to Mary, as they should be. I mean, to get chosen to be the mother of the Savior of the world, that's huge. That's huge. So, so there should be. There should be some acknowledgement of Mary and, and who she is and, and, and who she brought into the world. Just what an incredible woman she had to be for God to have chosen her to be the one that would bring his son into this world. So there should be some recognition of that. But again, I, I just want to just think about it this way. Off the top of your head, how many Christmas songs are there about Joseph? <laughs> just, just take a moment and think about that. Compare that to Mary. How many songs are there dedicated to Joseph? And I know, I know that there's going to be someone, at least one of you who's listening, that will say, well, Ken, what about this song? Or what about that song? And some of you will go back and you'll Google Christmas songs. Because I did that. I actually Googled the Christmas songs, and I'm not going to even mention the names of them because no one knows them. <laughs> no one has heard them. I haven't heard them. And, well, I guess maybe I think of myself too highly <laughs> when I say no one has heard them, really meaning I haven't heard them. If you have heard them, I'm sorry to discredit you <laughs> and who you are and, and what it is. I will just say I have not heard them. They're usually not ones that we sing in church a lot or are played on the radio a lot. You just don't. I mean, there's, and there probably are. I think that there's like three or four songs that I saw. But the real thing is, how come Joseph doesn't get the love? And why is Joseph so important? Because one of the things that we, you don't see Joseph very much in the gospel account of Jesus Christ. You mostly see him doing the birth story of Jesus. And once that story ends, you really don't hear from him at all in the gospels. Like again, unlike Mary, where you see her in the gospels and you see her Throughout the Gospels, you actually even see her in the death of Jesus Christ when he's on the cross. But with Joseph, he doesn't get a lot of pub. <laughs> Maybe he needed a better public relations representative. Maybe if he had that. Maybe if Joseph had a manager, 
maybe we would know more about him. But I also want to say this, that just because we haven't heard that much about him doesn't make his story any less powerful. Because there's something that we can learn about Joseph when it comes to hope. There's something that we can learn about Joseph when it comes to hope. And, and here's what it says. In looking at the life of Joseph, here's what we can hold on to. Is that Christmas awakens hope in the midst of the impossible. Christmas, again, awakens hope in the midst of the impossible. It says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Now that word engaged is different than the engaged that we have now. For many people, like the engagement is is the opportunity to kind of like jump off the jump off the boat, like I like uh, or it's just a start there. But there's nothing legally binding about the engagement, so you can get you can end the relationship, and there's still nothing legally binding because of it. But back in biblical times, to be betrothed to someone, to be engaged to someone means that you actually you have already gone through the legal process like if you were engaged to someone and let's say your wife or your bride-to-be passed away you'd be considered a widower or if your husband-to-be passed away you'd be considered a widow that's how legally binding this process was so this is why it's even bigger to think about what's happened between Mary and Joseph. It says, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. And I want to talk about Joseph in a minute. But I, I just want to just think about that moment. Think about where were you when you received bad news? Like there are some times, there are certain times where you get bad news and it leaves an indelible oppression upon your life. Like it's a moment that you will never forget I can remember September 11th, 2001. I was getting dressed to get ready to head over to El Camino College because I was doing campus ministry there. And my wife called me. And my wife said, have you, have you left the house yet? I was like, no, no. And she said, turn on the TV. And right as I turned on the television, I saw the second plane hit the World Trade Center. But I can tell you exactly where I was the moment that happened. And I'm sure that you could think about moments in your life where you were told bad news. Bad news maybe about your marriage. Bad news about your health. Bad news about your career. Bad news about your finances. Bad news about your children. 
maybe bad news about your children's health. There are certain moments where you receive bad news and you will never forget where you were. And I believe that this is probably what it was like for Joseph. Think about that conversation. I mean, think about it. Honey, can you, can you sit down and I, I have something I need to tell you. I'm, I'm pregnant. And of course, you know, it's, it's not your baby. But don't, but don't worry. I have not been with another man. This impregnation was done by God. It is a miraculous birth. <laughs> Think about that. Think about the one that you being engaged to, the one that you said that you're willing to say I do too. And at this point, back in biblical times, the one that you are legally bound to as your wife says to you, I'm pregnant, but it's not with another man. I mean, just just take a moment to, to wrap your head around that. Because you know the way that pregnancy works. <laughs> and typically, two people are involved. So not only is the woman that you're engaged to unfaithful, but she's either one heck of a liar, <laughs> delusional, or she's been smoking the wacky tobacco, <laughs> right? There's something about her that is like, well, why did I pick this woman? Why did I pick this woman? Put yourself in Joseph's in Joseph's, <laughs> put yourselves in his shoes at this point and what's going on in your mind. Now, here's the thing. I don't know about you and if you've been betrayed relationally, but back in those times, the punishment for adultery was severe. Punishment for adultery was death. That was a punishment for it. And at this point, because they are betrothed, at, at this point, because they are legally connected to one another, Joseph had every right to have Mary taken to the courtyard in the center of town and killed. He had every right to do that. Because that's the penalty back then. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I will say this. Thank God we don't have it today. <laughs> or else we'd have a lot less population today. <laughs> not only that, there'd be a lot of television shows that would no longer be television shows because the actor or actress is no longer with us. So thank God today that we definitely live more of in the economy of grace. But this tells us something about Joseph. It says Joseph did not want to disgrace her publicly. Now, not only did he not want to have her killed publicly, he didn't even want to disgrace her publicly. 
I mean, that shows the amount of compassion that he had for, for Mary. And you can see why God would choose this man to be the one who would be the stepfather for his son. That would influence his son. You can see why he would choose Joseph. Because even here, he's, he's really showing that he wanted to give Mary grace. So he didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Quietly. Now, I don't know about you, but I can tell you now, if I had an affair on my wife, there would be no quiet about it. <laughs> and rightfully so, rightfully so. So here's this man showing such incredible grace to Mary. To not only, again, to choose not to have her killed, but also to choose not to even dishonor her. And that's, that's really powerful. And then in verse 20, it says, As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her is conceived of the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So here's one of the things that we learn about hope in this passage. The way that Joseph was able to get his hope back is from an angel. He had a miraculous appearance of this angel that came and spoke to him to encourage him. And I just want to let you know this. When it, when it comes to hope, here's the truth. You cannot keep hope alive alone. You cannot. The world is just too big. I think about COVID and just the way that 2020, and not just COVID, I think about 2020, <laughs> the way that this year has been. It has been one blow after the next blow, after the next blow, after the next blow, after the next blow. And there's no way that you can hold on to that hope alone. I think about back in March when we decided, you know what, we're going to go to online services only. And we stayed that way until June because the numbers were looking better. So we were really excited about coming back together and starting to meet together once again. So we started back up in June. And then July came and the numbers got worse again in July. So I think, I, I want to say maybe in August or so, we decided to go back to online services only. And then we, we stayed that way until October because it looked like the numbers were getting better again. So we started launching outdoor services once again. I was really excited about it. Really great to be able to see everyone. And then, boom, here it is again. The numbers in December and in late November, early December were worse than the numbers in July and August. But 
we, we tried to hold on as long as we could. At the point we decided to go back to online services only, the number of ICU beds, ICU beds available in L.A. County had dropped below 15%. So that means if you were sick and you need to go to the emergency room, there's a possibility that eight and a half out of the 10 beds were gone. We're gone. So we decided to go ahead and go back to online services only just to be able to protect our people. But I can tell you as a pastor, this is hard. Up, down, up, down, up, down. Hope, not, hope, not, hope, then not. It was, it's, it's been hard. It's been hard because, again, as soon as you see like, wow, we can be able to get everyone back together again, then boom, we're hit again. And that was really hard. That was really hard. Now, our difficulty, of course, does not compare to what's happened with other families because of COVID. We weren't able to meet outside, but we're still able to meet online. But other families lost loved ones. So our challenge is even compare. But I think about other businesses because of the lockdowns. And now you're back in this place where you're locked down again. If you're a restaurant, you're thinking, man, I invested tens of thousands of dollars for us to be able to have outdoor dining. And now that's shut down again. And they're saying three weeks. I'm hoping it's just three weeks. But for some businesses, three weeks, they were already teetering on the edge to begin with. So in all those cases, how do we hold on to our hope? And the way that we do that is we hold on to our hope together. Together. We, we need one another. We need one another in order for our hope to be able to survive and thrive. You cannot hold on to your hope alone. This is one of the reasons why I have encouraged our church. And for those who listen to the podcast, those who look at our social media, I have encouraged people, you know what, make sure that you support our local restaurants and our local mom and pop businesses because they need us now more than ever. And maybe what we can do is just be a beacon of hope for them. That's why I've encouraged us. Let's let's encourage people from the medical profession because of the level of challenges that they're facing. Again, why? Because sometimes you just need a light. And sometimes that light that you get is from other people who are willing to acknowledge you, who are willing to say thanks to you, who are willing to encourage you, who are willing to love you, who are willing to lift you up. But you cannot hold on to hope alone. You cannot hold on to hope alone. You need people in your life. So that's why I encourage you. If you are not connected to a church, get connected to a church. Not being selfish, I'd love to have you at Encounter. I would. But I'll let you know again, we're not a perfect church. 
I'm not a perfect pastor. So if you're looking for a church that is imperfect, a pastor that is imperfect, but we're all trying to do the best that we can to make a difference in our community and show people God's love, then we are the church for you. But whether you choose to connect to Encounter or not, you need to find a place where you can begin to connect and build relationships so that when your hope is at the end of its rope, there's someone that you can turn to to encourage you, to uplift you, to help you walk through the challenges of your life, whatever they might be. Whatever they might be. And then I, I love how it wraps up where it says, and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So in the midst of this impossibility, not only are you visited by an angel, not only does the angel confirm what Mary says, which is a big, whew, you know, if, you, if you're Joseph, A, wow, she did tell the truth that she didn't sleep around, B, she did tell the truth that this was done by God, so she's not crazy. <laughs> she's not, she's not, she has not jumped off the loony bin. Like she, she's not crazy. This really did happen. So there's confirmation there. And then you have the supernatural presence that also encourages you. But then not only that, it gives you a vision for what's going to come out of this impossibility. And I don't know, I, I don't know for you what your impossible thing might be. But I would encourage you to begin to ask God, God, give me a vision for this. Even if the vision is just as simple as, again, I'll be more patient. I'll be more loving. I'll be more understanding. I'll be more gracious. Because that's when you know. How, how do you know that there's a Christian who gets it? It's because of the level of graciousness that they have. Christians who are judgmental, Christians who point fingers, they don't understand God's grace. They don't understand the capacity of grace by which they've been given. They don't look at the world through the lenses of recognizing their own sin, their own failures, their own struggles. They don't realize that the grace that they have given, they, they didn't deserve that. They didn't deserve that. They don't realize that. Now, they may say it. They may say, I am saved by grace. They may say that, but they don't live that. They don't live that. Because if you lived it, you wouldn't be egotistical. If you lived it, you wouldn't be judgmental. If you lived it, you would recognize that the biggest way to make a difference in the life of somebody else is to sit down and to love them the way that Jesus would love them. That's the way that you make a difference. But Christmas does, it awakens us to hope in the midst of the impossible. And the principles that I really encourage you to walk away with, again, is this. 
is you cannot keep hope alive alone. And B, to develop a vision of where you might be at the end of whatever challenge it is that you're going through. Those are the two keys and what we learn from Christmas this week. Well, again, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. So excited to have you with us this morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to it. Again, thank you for taking the time to be a part of it. Really appreciate it. Just wanted to emphasize a couple things. Uh, first of all, we are doing a Christmas Eve service. It will be virtual. And what we're trying to do this year is we wanted to do something fun is we wanted to just bring you a small gift for you just to be able to enjoy our Christmas Eve service. What this is going to be, of course, Christmas Eve at six o'clock. It will be on our YouTube channel as well as on our Facebook channel. But go ahead and RSVP for that. And of course, if you're local, <laughs> then what we'll do is we'll drop a gift by to you just to say thanks for joining us. And then, like I said, just something fun. So we just need to know how many people are in your household who will be watching the service along with you. And we're hoping that it'll be a fun night of encouragement for you as well. But again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. And just a quick reminder that encounters about three things. Love up, let's fall madly and passionately in love with God, especially during this Christmas season, especially during this Christmas season, maybe even make it a point to rediscover the magic of Christmas and the magic of God's presence by reading through the birth account of Jesus Christ once again. You can go to Matthew and read Matthew chapters 1 and 2 so that you could be able to experience the birth of Jesus Christ and just his incredible journey and incredible story. So you can start there. The other thing is love up, love out. Let's love our fellow man. Let's make sure that we give people a reason to be grateful this Christmas season. Let's bless their lives. And love in. Take care of yourself. Get rest. Be as healthy as you can be. Be the best you that you can be. Well, again, thank you so much. Take care. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially, with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as, please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, Again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events. You'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us. And we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.